welcome to Geek Hard, right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome to Geek Hard, where it's always fun and sometimes funny. I'm your host, Andrew Young. With me, as always, is Mr. Green. Hey, hey, hey. Ho, ho, ho. And we've got a great show for you this evening. Do we now? Yes, we do. Let me tell you what's happening on the old program tonight. Later on this evening, we're going to be talking with actor Vas Saranga about his work on the CBC Gem series, You're My Hero, which debuted last month. Seven episodes all available right now to check out. Uh, a very fun comedy that we'll get into uh, a little bit later. We've also got a review coming your way of Renfield. Yes, the Dracula character has his very own film. And it doesn't have one Nicholas. It has two Nicholases. And that right there. Double your Nicholas. Like that's... How can you live in a world with just one Nicholas? You need two. Yes, and it's, in, it's, you it's double your Nicholas and double your fun. There you go. That was originally the doublement uh, ad was going to be double your Nicholas, double your fun. But then they were like, wait a second. Well, that was back when it was called Nicholas Gum. But then they were like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And then they changed it to Cage Gum. <laughs> and then finally doublement. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it's such an interesting evolution. You can find out more about different companies with fake uh, histories on our new series. That's what really happened, maybe. Uh, but uh, in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking with comic creator Zach Howard. You might know from his work on Hellboy back in 2020 or on the series Wobbly Yonder. But uh, now he's got a new comic that's right now got a Kickstarter campaign going on called Moonshine Bigfoot. We're going to find out about all of it and more in just a few minutes. But right now, we're going to kick off the show as we always do with a commercial break. Yes, because we got to sell some T-shirts. It's all right here. Gay Card on Reality Radio 101. Hey, everybody. Jimmy the Short Order Cook here asking you, what's better than listening to Gay Card? Answer, listen to Geek Hard while wearing a Geek Hard t-shirt. And there's a place you can get them at tpublic.com slash user slash Geek Hard. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got Geek Hard shirts. We got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt. Hell, we got a Back Issue Bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash Geek Hard. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. Yeah. 
And now, back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Hard, a place where you can just hang and just talk. Well, we do the talking, but you can talk. Of course, you can always email in at geekhardshow.gmail.com, and then your words will be said. So it's like you're talking. It's like we're all talking in this big, beautiful world. That's what it's really about. It's about open engagement, totally. You know what else it's about? It's about getting as much geek hard as you can in your life. And when we're not live here on Reality Radio 101 or available on podcast, we're still out there, available for you, 24-7. Where? Patreon.com slash geekhard. If you go there, become a geekhardigan, a member, you'll be helping us make this fine product, but you'll also get access to cool exclusives like early access to the Geek Hard podcast, the pilot to the January Men podcast where we talk about films that may be a guilty pleasure or may be the worst film we've ever seen, depending on who's talking in the episode. And, of course, we also have the great back catalog of Mr. Green's podcast, Extra Hard, where he and a very special guest talk about a movie or a TV show or an actor or director, and they break it down, and they really dig deep and talk about what they love about it. All of that and more is available for you at patreon.com slash geekcard. What are you waiting for, my friends? Well, wait until the end of the show. But then after that, go check out patreon.com slash geekcard. You'll be glad you did. Yipper. There we go. I was like, just need that final seal of approval. There we go. We're good. We can move on. Oh, we got a great show. We wouldn't have moved on then otherwise. Yeah, we'd just been silence the rest of the show. I would have been like, you basically you'd see me, Mr. Green would see me going, come on, come on. And you'd be saying nothing and they would hear nothing. And then 53 minutes later, we would just close it out. That's That's right. Just suddenly you're just. The, the music would play at the end and we'd be done. <laughs> but thankfully you spoke. And because you spoke, thankfully. we can continue on to our first guest of the evening. He is a comic artist who's been in the business for 23 years. He's worked for Marvel. He's worked for DC. He's worked for Image. He's worked for Dark Horse. He's worked on notable things like Shaun of the Dead, uh, the, the comic uh, Wolverine, Venom, G.I. Joe. And, of course, some of you might know him out there for Wild Blue Yonder or the work he did on Hellboy back in 2020. But he is a journeyman across this place, and now he has an exciting new comic coming your way uh, that he's running a Kickstarter campaign for, Moonshine Bigfoot. The name right there, in my opinion, sells it. Like, automatically, I'm on board. Please welcome to the program, Zach Howard. Woo! <laughs> thanks for having me man well thanks for coming on thank you for the enthusiasm i love that i love that yeah 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 so thanks for the build-up there man i've uh i have done a few things it's been 23 years that's right you've done a few things you've done some great stuff and now you got this new comic moonshine bigfoot which uh is going to be uh put out through image and z2 comics you got the kickstarter campaign going on right now tell us about the comic what's it about and where did you and the team come up with the idea? Well, in, in short, it's, uh, uh, I guess, a satire of, uh, kind of a loving satire of uh, Americana pop culture from about 75 to early 80s. And uh, it started on a road trip with my actor friend who's actually co-writing the book with me, and he's going to get the scripting credit. 
uh, named Mike Marlowe, actor, theater, writer, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're on a road trip uh, back from another convention and uh, passing the, the 11, 12-hour drive or whatever the hell it was uh, through the mountains. We're pretty delirious at night and we're bitching about, you know, they constantly remake movies, but they they just kind of do the same thing. They're just retreading a tire and they're not really... Uh, doing anything with the IP, at least through a modern contemporary lens. Uh, so, uh, during our, our, our bitching joke fest, uh, it was suggested if you're going to do, uh, Duke's a hazard movie again, why don't you just have Bigfoot drive the damn thing? Make it interesting. And, uh, it, it just came, it went on there as a long joke and we joked about it. And about six months later, I was in, uh, talks with a possible selling an old, uh, movie, well, an actual comic book license, uh, uh, for the last comedy I did with a guy, uh, you probably know Sean Murphy. We did a comedy back in 2005 for Dark Horse called Outer Orbit. And suddenly it had, for whatever reason, uh, uh, a little interest. And, uh, while I was prepping that stuff and reading through contracts, all I did was remember that may have been the last time I really had fun while making a comic book. Not that, you know, there's a great satisfaction in finishing anything. The books I do with Joe Hill or what I just did with Mignola, Wild Blue Yonder, all those are great accomplishments. But I'm so so known for either horror or kind of action gore that uh, uh, that's just kind of what I do for uh, so long and what I get kind of cast as an artist. So um, I don't know. I, I asked my buddy, I said, you want to do this? And he said, well, Sure. I said, I think there's something there because I couldn't stop thinking about it. And next thing you know, we're we're uh, uh, about six months later. Here we are. And we, I, I think we got lightning in a bottle. I'm pretty excited about it. It's it's oh, I'll let you talk. I've been rambling. <laughs> <laughs> no, no it's, 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 it's perfectly OK. You know, Zach, you actually you, you brought up an interesting point when you were just talking there about uh, that. I I really find interesting. We, we hear it a lot with actors about getting typecast. Yeah, we never think about artists and writers in, in comics getting the same kind of treatment, being like just pigeonholed into one kind of genre. And it, it, you know, the more I think about it, it kind of seems like it happens that way. It, do you think that that's a, a failing of the industry, or is it just you know like something that just guys just continue to to gravitate towards? I think it's uh, uh, well, I don't know if it's a failing, but it's definitely a bit of uh, industry safety because if you know. Hey, I got a, a horror story where I need somebody who's really good at subtle expressions and blood droplets. Well, you know, th they look for a jerk like me. If you need somebody with high powered, you know, Hulk ripping, you know, uh, giant Wolverine arms off, that's Ryan Otley, you know. Yeah. But if we switched each other's roles, we'd be kind of, I'm sure we could do each other's jobs, but it'd be very awkward uh, and uh, definitely not as exciting. Uh, for the fans or probably the artists, we'd be kind of, again, awkward at the, uh, at what we do. So there is that aspect that they want to put you at what you're going to excel at. Or if they have something that needs a little bit of uh, juice added to it, they want somebody within that wheelhouse that can take it to the next level. Uh, cause not everybody can do everything. We, we all have certain skill sets and et cetera. And, uh, however, the flip side is, you, you know, there's just some, there's just some artists that want to just draw Batman. And that is it. That yeah. is it. That is it. 
It's just uh, they could do it for 20 years. I can't do it for 20 days without wanting to jump off a cliff. So uh, you give me about two drawings of Batman, I already have to check out. You know, so nothing, not to disparage anyone or the character. It's just we, we're all drawn to certain things. I grew up with Frank Miller and Mignola books and, and a few Mobius and things like that. Really weird, dark stuff. So I'm kind of drawn to that. So not only do I get kind of typecast, I'm kind of leaning that direction anyways. You know, like if, if you have a band with a certain type of music, you can branch out to other things. You can play jazz chords and things like that. But if if uh, you're known for playing in a metal band, you, you know, they're not going to hire you for a hip hop event, yeah. you know. So yeah. uh, it, it's a mix. It's just it's kind of an ocean of crap that goes back and forth but it's a bit of industry demand slash typecasting and then self-driven you know uh uh trajectory into those those ips and so. with that with when you're saying all that uh i really think that people should start doing more comedy comics with blood droplets that's really yes that's needed <laughs> well we'll have some you know ripped off arms occasionally it is bigfoot after all there you go it so, is bigfoot definitely uh so, <laughs> Go go! Oh, my God! So yeah, so the uh, you mentioned all the way back at the beginning of the pitch there that uh, that uh, of course Dukes of Hazard is a big influence on this, and that was to me it was like it was like oh I was like oh it's cool it's Dukes of Hazard kind of feel I I can like this without feeling bad which is good as opposed to the regular Dukes of Hazard. There you go, <laughs> and see that that and that there lies the problem because. We're, we're like, okay, how do we do this? When do we set this, this, uh, uh, piece? It kept going back to about 1980, 1981. And the reason we chose that one, because we wanted Ronald Reagan in our story. Uh, but, uh, by the way, Ronald Reagan is an escaped, uh, Chuck E. Cheese, uh, pizza robot, uh, animatronic, uh, that, uh, nobody will acknowledge as an animatronic robot. So like during UN speeches, it, right, he'll stop in the middle of it and do a Chuck E. Cheese pizza deal song, and everybody's just politely <laughs> clapping and respecting the leader and stuff. So our world's kind of built like that. Though the it it, it one thing I liked about Gru is you, you're able to show these horrible geopolitical events through the eyes of just this cartoonish idiot, and uh, there's there's a there's a subtle brilliance in that because it kind of takes the edge off of it. It doesn't sting as much. It's not as polarizing. So uh, what we try to do with Moonshine Bigfoot is kind of bring some of that magic that, say, Gru would have. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't say they're necessarily comparable books, but in the spirit of that, that the humor overrides uh, these, these potent topics. And the reason I think we chose to do that is if you – I don't know how old you guys are. I'm as old as the Hills, but uh, Gen Xers seem really drawn to Moonshine Bigfoot, like like lightning in a bottle. I mean, Moth the Flame, they seem really into it. And I think what we captured is there was a certain innocence in pop culture back then. I watched it as a kid and you rooted for Bo and Luke and he had no clue who General Lee was, the, the terrible history behind that, the 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 just the grotesque, you know, doctrine that, that, that flag represented at the time. Uh, so you're just able to enjoy the show. And, uh, it was a very simple show. You were in and out. It didn't stick with you. 
uh, in the sense that, uh, like, say, uh, an X-Files episode or would or Saving uh, Private Ryan, you know, something that just mm-hmm. gut punches you. You're just in there. It's it's something between it's kind of fast food. It's like a, 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 a just a good cheeseburger. It's not good for you, but you're able to just escape in this melty goo for a little bit. Um, and no. oh, sorry, sir. No, no, no. I was just going to say, no, for sure. I, I totally agree with you. There, uh, I, I actually just started rewatching, uh, or not rewatching, but watching the Magnum PI reboot yeah. only because it is exactly what you just described. You know, like I remember watching Dukes of Hazard when I was a kid and, you know, going back and rewatching it, you realize that it is basically <laughs> sugar candy, you know, like it's, it's literally cotton candy. Like you, as soon as you touch it, it disappears, right? Like it's yeah, just, yeah, the same yeah, thing. you exactly. go back, you go look at the A team. Yeah. Night Rider, oh. Howie, and Simon, that's and Simon, yeah, all that. He and the bear, if you guys can remember that. Oh summer. yeah, yeah. A it's trucker been... that uh, liked getting laid in every town that just had a monkey with him or a chimp. And he, <laughs> Isn't he that about every trucker? And, and bang broads while driving a semi. Really deep high concept there. A man uh, and his monkey. That's an idea most people yeah, can get behind. I, I think that that's what I've always thought every truck driver was like. It's kind of like what you were saying about uh, Reagan, right? I, I was like, this sounds like a biopic, really. You know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's kind of cartoonish. It was more, we didn't know as much. Yeah, Life right. wasn't moving as fast. Our mm. art, we all kind of consume the, own, the, the same crappy art, you know, uh, i.e. the television at the time and, and things. So, we're trying to put a really kind of uh, a really uh, hyper polished version of that in, kind of a rework, capture that innocence, but have a dynamic contemporary story told in the guise of this ridiculous universe. And one of the things I'm proud how we we kind of leveled it out and gave it solid footing is we made Bigfoot the skeptic in the story. He's the only <laughs> normal person in the whole story. Everybody else is. <laughs> absolutely i mean just their brains are fried his girlfriend's a hippie who uh because we didn't have only fans in 1981 we made her a uh, uh she sells pictures of her feet through the back of catalogs and she's very proud of how successful she is <laughs> and uh, uh actually she's the inciting incident though we don't see it in the story she's blessing her uh sweaty socks in the moonlight uh during one of her whatever wiccan hippie c- ceremonies drops her her hallucinogenic mushrooms on the still moonshine bigfoot still and all these mushrooms grow up and so now has these hallucinogenic mushrooms in it and that's kind of what leads to uh the thrust of the story because this moonshine unbeknownst the bigfoot which he slowly realizes gives people uh uh if they drink it they get the power basically uh the best way I can describe it is they live glasses. If you remember the movie, they yeah, live yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they can see through propaganda and a Senator actually ends up drinking a thing of this moonshine goes on a crazy rant on TV and the Illum- our version of Illuminati called big level, which we had a lot of fun constructing uh, uh, all the way up to the, the, the leader that they have now, the Illuminati, uh, they have to put a stop to this because they control the world for who knows how long since time was recorded. And uh, of course, they're ridiculous. We bring in cartoons like Mask, those stupid transforming <laughs> ships that they have. Uh, we hearken back to Speed Racer, even our first covers, a uh, homage to the famous Speed Racer, him turning in front of his car. Yeah. Um, uh, things like that. We're trying to have fun with the memories of how simple and fun 
pop culture was back then to the point it was cotton candy. It was a carnival. Nobody was thinking about the horrible, horrible world around them. You just kind of got lost in whatever goofiness uh, that came out and you just accepted it. Knight Rider. I'll just change my face and uh, drive around solving crime again. Big theme, banging broads while driving. So there's a lot of rambling happening around then. In songs, in in television shows, all the dudes rambled. Yeah. They couldn't stay. They couldn't stay. Sorry, girl. They're all so, born a rambling man, definitely. Yes. So uh, we're trying to have fun with that. But we have fun things like Bigfoot's kind of like Scully from X-Files. You know, he's like, you can't co- quite convince him of anything. He's like, I don't know, man. That doesn't sound right. You know, where everybody else is conspiracies and crazies and uh, uh, we, there's a big speakeasy in the, the rural bar that, uh, uh, disgraced former child, uh, television host runs the black market. His name is Uncle Pineapple. And, uh, it's, it, we have a lot of fun in this book. And you can even be in the Kickstarter. You can be one of the patrons in the speakeasy. So while the scenes are happening, you're going to be in the background drinking some of the moonshine and things like that. That's so. awesome. That's what I like. I love a lot of nostalgia with this book, but also it's Bigfoot and you also get a Chupacabra in there. Like that's. Yeah. That's like, yeah. yeah. He has his own storyline and it, it, it culminates at the end. And uh, it starts at, at the, the prologue. Well, basically the start of the story all the way till the end when we, his story wraps up as well, though separate. We have a lot of fun here. Uh I mean, hell, we're having so much fun, and it, it already feels so successful. We we have the title for our sequel. It, it's called Canada Ball Run. So <laughs> they, they're going to be uh, uh, transporting uh, legal maple syrup. So, well, there you uh, go. There you go. It's good. And, yeah, so so our country gets in there. Good for there we go. Good that's right. Canada here. We, yeah, yeah. We, we have dry pancakes, and damn it, that needs to end. Definitely. Because nobody wants dry pancakes. Like, that's just. I, I I remember I mistakenly did it once. You just had a little bite. I was like, ah, I don't need to get it a little bit more. No, worst mistake of my life. Well, that's why they call you from this day, dry pancakes. So that's a, <laughs> yeah. a bad moniker, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Dry pancakes has a point there about that. that uh, <laughs> totally. Oh, man. But uh, during this campaign, uh, you know, not only have, of course, it's been very successful. You guys have met your... Met your amount plus you've met a few stretch goals. You're Three working, stretch goals. Yeah, so you're working far. towards your fourth stretch goal. That's great. But also during this campaign, you guys had a chance to also give back. That's oh yeah, a, a charity. We started with uh, the St. Jude's Drink and Draw. Uh, I was a guest at C2E2, which was uh, very fortunate. Uh, Hellboy greases wheels, let's say. <laughs> um, and uh, the, my Hellboy book, because of COVID, was just collected now, so it. it it kind of was fake sold out because nobody could get did well. And then nobody could get the issues anymore because they didn't make any pre uh, reprints mm-hmm. uh, during COVID. So it was nice. I finally had a collection and uh, Adam Hughes is in there, you know, obviously Dave Stewart. It, it's a, it's a heavy hitter uh, graphic novel to be part of, or at least collection. Um, so anyways, we're at C2E2 launched. Uh, uh, it was quite popular. We got asked to do the St. Jude's thing. So the moonshine crew went over there and that's Steve Ellis of, uh, Lobo and magic, the gathering fame. Um, he's been around for, I don't know, 50, 80 years. I think, uh, I'll ask him might be 120, but he's been around. He's been <laughs> around. Um, and, uh, 
Uh, he, what's neat about him is he's a cartoonist and I'm a straight, like, uh, uh, dark, slow, texture oriented illustrator for, you know, the, the, all the crap I do. And together we kind of make this weird style where it's really heavy handed, like 3D cartoons with a lot of texture. So we're pretty excited about this style. Anywho, we went to uh, St. Jude's, did, did the thing. Uh, drew for a lot of people, uh, for, I don't even know how long they fed us beer and, and, uh, alcohol and, uh, uh, I don't know, bar food, just crunchy crap, and stuff in your face. We had a great time. Um, so we decided to just make it part of animal. I, I do, I try to do a lot of charity for like, uh, humane society, animal stuff, animal rescue. And it just felt natural to also do St. Jude's. I always give them money, so it was kind of nice if we're going to have a successful campaign, um, you know, give a little bit to somebody. I mean, if people are doing charity for us, if people at this campaign successful, I don't have to draw, you know, crappy backup covers for, you know, uh, Colonel Buttman for X Comics. Um, uh, I don't know. I Colonel Buttman is a force, book. though. Colonel what Buttman, about Colonel Buttman? Colonel Buttman has such a cult following. I don't know. It, he is a powerhouse title, yeah, but you yeah. know, I just don't know if I can uh, handle the. Uh, oh man, I almost went a bad joke there. That's uh, okay. All I all I know is when it comes to Colonel Buttman, I know Dry Pancakes is a huge fan of it. He loves it. They their team up issue, Ultimate Team Up Seven. <laughs> that was a great one. Dry oh, yeah. Pancakes and Buttman. Yeah. <laughs> they fought each other because normally they're arch, you know, they're nemesis, but uh, uh, that, that was the yeah. team up. There you go. <laughs> That's what we're here to do. That's it. You know, nine hundred and seven page annual of Captain <laughs> yeah. Buttman and dried pancakes. Thirty seven yeah. artists, four writers, done in a weekend. Yeah, it was amazing. I like I how say. you think, Zach. That's uh, you know a nine hundred and seven page annual. I think is uh, that would I be. I picture like I picture like an agent there going. It's like. 900? The guy's got to eat. Give him seven more pages. Come on. Yeah, if we're going to do 907, do 914, right? <laughs> do 914, right? What are we doing here? Yeah, what are we yeah. Doing? So, uh, uh, yeah, so we're doing charity. And I also want to go back to uh, uh, stretch goals. Uh, uh, we did all three. And what the cool thing that we're doing with this is every stretch goal, you get free books. So we get at, of any backing of any level of uh, backer on Kickstarter, uh, you get free PDFs of books. Uh, the first ones are an indie book that uh, went with our animation studio, a book that they produce. You get the first three issues of that. Second one, you get my uh, my old podcast that I did with uh, Panosian and all those guys, all the big artists. It was called Blacklist Underground. We have a rare sketchbook while that show was going of all the artists from that show and it's a lot of heavy hitters nick rungi you know helped start the show with it so we just uh we got some powerhouses you get that book free you get uh groom lake by temple smith and chris ryle for free and then we hit our third stretch goal and now you get uh my out of print uh cover process sketchbook which was my most popular sketchbook for free you get and then you also get the entire first volume of high uh, moon which was a dc book by steve ellis and uh, that's been out of print for a few years. So uh, I think we're up to eight books now you get 
uh, just for giving any amount of money. So even if our book is a pile of crap, you have eight. You you know, one of them is going to hit, right? There you go. You got some added value. So, it's always great when you can add value like that to already a fun project. Totally. Awesome. Yeah. And we, we think that's a good deal for people. So you get a little, it, you know, it helping us out. We have between the lot of us, we have quite a legacy. And the next one is uh, my studio mate, Claire Meath. Um, her, for she's like, I don't know, she's like on volume 12 of her sketchbook. You get the first four or five of our out of print sketchbooks. And we're, le- I think we're less than a grand away from that now. So, um, if this goes to the fourth one, you know, and, and on top of that, you get Ashley Wood string divers. So, oh uh, God. so just, just by supporting the campaign, you not only get our crap, you get uh, all these wonderful books by other people. And we tried to ramp it up as it gets higher. But uh, that will be 12 books that you get just for signing on. And that that's uh, uh, besides Moonshine, Bigfoot, and whatever else you get. And we have all sorts of fun tiers. Hell, we had – you could be the bartender of the speakeasy that actually has a speaking role. It went in three minutes. And we didn't think anybody would get the damn thing. And wow. uh, so now somebody gets to be a speaking role in our book as the right-hand uh, man to Uncle Pineapple's uh, – a black market and moonshine empire. So um, we're trying to make it fun. You can get original art. You know, we we just finished merch and put our first round of merch so you can get different t-shirts of all the characters and the Bigfoot symbol. Um, we have coffee mugs coming. We have keychains. I mean, I mean everything. I don't know. We got uh, uh coolest thing for my generation. It's moonshine Bigfoot depends. So you can put them on <laughs> and on those tough days. Like Chipotle, when you eat Chipotle's twice days. There you, know? you go. There you go. Definitely. That's a brave day. That's a very, very brave hey, day. Hey, some days just have to happen and you got to get through it, right? <laughs> yeah. Good nights well. mean good mornings with these. It's good. It's good. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. Well, it sounds, that's the thing. Like, not only do you have a fun concept and a fun book, you have all these extras available at the Kickstarter campaign. Of course, people can uh, check it out at. Um, was it inked dot? Yeah, we got a short one there. Yeah, wait, I had it here. I can pop it up here in a shortly. Apologies. That's okay. Let me, uh, Lulu. <laughs> um, sorry, everybody. <laughs> I heard it is inked dot pub slash moonshine bigfoot. There you we click go. Click on that I- and take you right to the Kickstarter. And, uh, of course, you can, uh, you, there's, there's two weeks left. Of the yes. campaign, so get on board. Uh, you're not going to want to miss this. Seems like a ton of fun. I really can't wait to see what happens with Moonshine Bigfoot. Definitely. Yeah, no, for sure. And 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 you guys are, you're, you, as you were saying, uh, I took a look. You're you're uh, five hundred and sixty-seven dollars away from uh, hitting your next stretch goal. Oh, so. and you get twelve books for any backing, any level of backing. That even means gas money. And gas money is like there's people that have just given a dollar. Those jerks get. Uh, uh, free books. So, uh, wow, so there you go. Even, and a half, everyone. even the jerks um, can prosper from this deal. So there yes, we go. Even, even, <laughs> no, uh, we, we love everyone. Every, I can't believe people support us. This keeps me from having to get, I have to do so many jobs I hate. And if we can get enough money, I can literally pay the whole crew, uh, a semi living wage to do our own comic book, which is always the dream, right? Instead Definitely. of. Because uh, Captain Buttman, if I do one more issue, um, oh, man. 
Yeah. All, right. <laughs> all I gotta say though, it's Captain Buttman. It's got some, you know, got some good issues. That's all I'm saying. Well, there was that Alan Moore run on Captain yeah. Buttman. Right. Well, that's that, when but... you find out that it wasn't Captain in charge. The butt was actually in control of the captain, yeah, and not the, the captain in control the... of his butt. Totally. <laughs> oh my God. Well, Zach, it's been great talking with you, man. Uh, really looking forward to people getting to yeah. check out this book. As I said, go to inked.pub slash Moonshine Bigfoot and check out the Kickstarter. Hey, thanks so much for coming on, man. I hope you have a great night. Hey, thank you, guys. Awesome show. Thank you for the support and everyone listening. Kick ass. All righty. Awesome. Have yourself a good one, man. You too. Exactly. So that was Zach Howard. As I said, you can find Moonshine Bigfoot, Bigfoot the Kickstarter campaign at inked.pub slash Moonshine Bigfoot. Check it out. It's, it seems like it's going to be a shit ton of fun. So definitely check it out. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll be reading your emails with your reviews and give our review of Renfield right here. Geek Card, Reality Radio 101. Burning sky, both had reason to live, but so much more to die. We'll fade to side. Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy? What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. When we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. card right here on reality radio 101 and now back to your geeks andrew young and mr green welcome back to geek card andrew young and dry pancakes here uh, continuing on the program tonight, uh, we got your emails in. In just a few minutes, we'll be talking about Renfield. But, of course, we want to get your email reviews, find out what you think. This is uh, from Steve E., who says, Yo to the geeks. Geeks, good guest tonight. Thank you. The movie, it sucked big time. Of course, Cage just needs to make money to get out of debt, so he will take any work that he can get. Hey to the old man. Is somebody talking about me? Yeah. I, I just yeah. read the thing. Steve said, hey. Well, hey there, Steve. Have you ever have you ever tried eating an olive in a full moon? Telling you magical things happen. Give it a shot. You'll thank me for it. Tell me what you think later, Steve. All right. Well, thanks for that, old man. We got another email in. From Dwayne P. who says, hey to all. Hey, geeks. My fave thing to do on Friday nights, listening to you. Well, that's, thank, everybody should follow Dwayne's freaking, yeah, uh, you know, lead here. Cause Dwayne's got it going on. 
listen listening to you and the, oh and this there's another thing that's uh the fave the other fave is maple bacon bacon burger from fuller sugar house so there you go have you ever had the maple bacon burger uh, I have not, but uh, it sounds amazing. Unfortunately, the image didn't come through, but no, uh, it didn't. But that's okay. I'm picturing a maple bacon burger now, and uh, damn you, Dwayne! There you um, go. I'm super hungry. There you go. And then uh, Dwayne goes on to say about Renfield, "What the hell was that? A rating? Really? <laughs> well, there we go. Dwayne is just flabbergasted by our movie tonight." And we're going to find out if we're flabbergasted as well as we talk about Renfield, directed by Chris McKay, written by Ryan Ritley, based on an idea by Robert Kirkman, using characters created by Bram Stoker's Dracula, from Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, produced by Skybound Entertainment and distributed by Universal Pictures. Here to read the synopsis, he already made a quick appearance uh, just a few minutes ago, our good friend, the old man. Hey, Richard Green, have you ever tried eating the olive in a full moon? No, because I hate olives with a fiery passion. You don't, you don't have to like them to do this. I'm telling nope. you, the taste will disappear. They are disgusting. All right. Well, then, have you tried it with, try it with a pickle? I hate pickles. They are disgusting. Okay. Then uh, a soft boiled egg. I hate boiled eggs. They are disgusting. Then you will never know the secret <laughs> mysteries of life, Green. <laughs> God. Anyways, Renfield's Dracula. <laughs> Renfield, you know him, he's Dracula's henchman and uh, inmate at the lunatic asylum for decades. He longs for a life away from the Count, his various demands, and all the bloodshed that comes with them. And so Renfield tries to go it on his own, I guess. You know, it's like his big day out. I don't know. I didn't watch it. Is it like Ferris Bueller? It's exactly like that. That's what I figured. Yeah, so there you go. So I've seen it then. Yeah. And there he and goes. And I'm, and I'm sorry that I don't like stuff. But no, it's okay. It's all right. Yeah, there's... You don't have those, to... You know, there's, there's this... Three things I don't... Well, no, there's more than three things. There's those, more than those three, three things. things. Those three things for sure. When it comes to food, those three things for sure. Well, you know, you just, you're just going to miss out. Yeah. You know, you're going to miss out just because you don't like something. He's not saying that you have to like it to get this experience. No, Listen, dude, I, years ago, I went to Subway. They had, One piece of olive fell into my sub by accident. It was the last bite of the sub, ruined the entire meal. Okay, well, yep. I think it. that's the perfect segue into Renfield. What you think? <laughs> um, okay. Like some of our, uh, of our listeners have already said, um, is this a good movie? No. Do I care that it's a good movie or not? Actually, no. I just had fun. As super, just super cheesy as Cage is all the time, this was one of those times where I'm like, I was okay with him being cheesy. It was like... Uh, oh, because it kind of, it fits with the narrative. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like uh, uh, earlier this year, late last year, earlier this year, whatever it was, last year, I think, actually, now that I think about it, uh, the unbearable... Uh, uh, weight of massive talent yeah. that he was in, right? Which is him just playing himself in a cheesy way, along, of course, with Pedro also being cheesy. Um, and that helped that uh, that whole situation out a lot much better. You know, in here, though, uh, one of the things I found about as I was watching it, I was like, I kept thinking, I was like, I wonder what this movie would have been like 
if it wasn't cheesy. You know, if they had actually tried to tell this Renfield story in a more serious tone, not like completely but I serious. Think the whole point is that it's a comedy, though. I know. know. I'm just I'm just saying it was one of those thoughts that I had when I was, you know, was, I, I was feel that it. if they actually tried to go wholly serious, it would feel very much in this day and age. It would feel very much like a um, like a young adult thing. Like, I don't think an adult audience would be able to take a serious Renfield trying to be his own guy type movie. Well, there definitely have to be some, you know, serious rewrites in the way that uh, the story plays out, obviously, Mm -hmm. Um, because really it's weird. I'll say this as cheesy as Cage's performance was. The most ridiculous part of the story was the quote unquote serious part with the whole like cop and, you know, uh, you know, the New Orleans police department and the, the crime syndicate, like that whole angle that just was like. That was where I was having problems. Yeah, well, you That's know. That's where Aqu- I really had problems. Aquafina in these types of films is brought in to literally be the straight person, you know, to be the the person who is like reacting to the, mm-hmm. the funny person. And so in order for her to be set up as the straight person, they had to make her storyline very like a uh, faux dramatic. Because otherwise, if he had if she has jokey stuff going on in her life, then she's not going to react to the crazy shit she sees. No, and I I totally understand that. I'm just saying it was like that was that was the section of the movie where I was having uh, the most issues. Mm. The stuff between Renfield and Dracula and the support group and the romance and like all that stuff. I beat wackadoodle craziness. Sure. Right. It's like uh, it was like for me watching Cocaine Bear. Right. Like it's like I don't care that a lot of it doesn't make sense or is, you know, logical or realistic. I don't know that I'm just having some fun hmm. when I when we when the sw- story switches and goes to that other that other uh, place. Then it become I'm like, that's when it kept dragging me out. That's where I found that this film was, you know, uh, a little bit uh, of two minds. Right. Like it was just and it, I just didn't feel that the mix was working with what I was going you. on. I hear you. Right. That that's, that's where I was. Right. But I liked cages, Dracula, right. uh, not as like a real Dracula, but it just as a, you know, this you as know, a comedy character. Yeah. And, and I've seen, we've seen this with, uh, 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 once bitten and, um, uh, there's the other Dracula, the, 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 the one with, uh, Leslie Nielsen, like there's Dracula a Dracula different... dead and loving it. Yeah. Like there's, we've had, you've also comedic... got the, uh, the, the Eddie Murphy, Dracula comedy from oh, like the mid-90s. Uh, what was it? Brooklyn Vampire. Brooklyn Vampire. So, yeah. So, it's yeah, like, yeah. again, and that's the vibe I got off of this film was 90s comedy. It felt yeah. much like a 90s comedy. Yeah, no, I, I can totally, I, I would I would totally agree with that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a vibe. It's a, it's yeah, it was all like a lot, a lot of goofy characters all mm-hmm. interacting with basically, essentially just one straight person in the entire thing. I think Aquafina was the only person who was kind of like the non-jokey character. Everybody else around him was just spitting out jokes. Yeah, or they're playing hyper-stylized versions right. of that character. Right, yeah. Yeah, she was the most straight-up. Yeah, uh, like hyper-stylized. Yeah, because like Shorin Agadashlu, she yeah, plays yeah. a very stereotypical mm-hmm. mob boss lady in this. Yeah. And uh, like, I feel like, you know what? It's not a great film, but it was fun. It was fun. That's what it comes down to. So what are you saying? People should see it in theaters, uh, wait till rental streaming, or skip it all together? 
oh, this is for sure, like, wait to, you know, you're either drunk, high, or bored on a Saturday afternoon or Friday night or something like that. That's when you want to watch this movie or in a big group of people so everybody can have a laugh and everything like that. Don't I, I don't think you need to go see it in the theaters. I know this because guess what? I was the only person in my theater last night. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I was I was all alone. I'd say wait for rental streaming as well, but yeah. it's not something that you need to go out of your way to see. Definitely, now, Unless you're a Cage fan or a Nicholas Holt fan, you yeah. know, like that, that's about like, I, 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 that's like, and that's pushing it. Cause even for both of them, it's not even really great. Uh, like great I will movie. say, if you're a Ben Schwartz fan, you're going to want to skip this because this is not Ben's greatest work. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Vasaranga about You're My Hero on CBC Gem, right here, Geek Card, Reality Radio 101. Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy. It's simple. It's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card. Andrew Young and Dry Pancakes here, uh, finishing off with the final guest of the evening, uh, an actor who's been on a number of things that you may have seen. Um, who is now in a new CBC Gem series, You're My Hero. He plays Eric the Roommate, and uh, he looks like he has a lot of fun in this show. Welcome to the program, Vassaranga. Thank you so much, Andrew and James. Uh, well, appreciate you. it. Thank you for coming on. I think we talked to you, maybe I'd say, what, what would you say? It was about eight years ago? A couple ago? years ago, yeah. I think yeah, it was like yeah. six or seven years ago. It was the end of uh, the Orphan Black run. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the epic conclusion there, and now you know with the spinoff and everything, and the the, the you're having me back, even though I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, but you've done a lot of things since then, and right now, of course, you're my hero. The new uh, series on CBC Gem. Uh, for people who haven't heard about it, tell the folks what it's all about. Um, so this is a really funny, heartfelt comedy series. Um, premise is uh, Ian is is blunt. He's unfiltered. He's a 20-something living life. Um, and with the added complication of having to navigate the world in a wheelchair in a world that is completely unforgiving when it comes to accessibility, um, dealing with all kinds of stuff uh, from this unique perspective. And of course, you know, some of the typical archetypes like the... Um, the crazy roommates, you know, frat bro kind of dude who wants to get him in all kinds of trouble, takes him out all hours of the night, gets him drunk, and then his personal support worker can't help him get into bed. So Eric has to do it and fails miserably, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Now, Eric Eric is definitely your classic fun-loving guy character from sitcoms. But 
I was just so shocked at what Eric got to do on the show. Cause usually those types of characters from beginning of series to end of series, they don't change. But Eric, he gets to go on an arc, you know, he, he falls in love. He finds out that he has like hidden talents that he's got a, you know, away with his hands, like he would like working on stuff. And then of course the season ends with a tense situation between Eric and Ian that like, it's just one mo- one big moment, like the character that you used to be in the fun, loving, happy, fun guy gets to have a serious, dramatic moment. So like, this must have been like a lot of fun for you to play because you got to do so much stuff. Oh, yeah, totally. That's that's an actor's dream, especially someone like me who loves to do comedy. Um, but I always have that thirst for drama. Uh, this show is kind of like the perfect blend of that. You know, it's branded as a comedy, but it's got that sort of it's got like the comedy drama kind of vibes at times. Comedy with heart. You know what I mean? Like um, I'm talking to Sean Togood, the uh, the creator of the show. Like he he just knew that putting funny people in the roles, like there's a lot of improvisers from Second City and, and stuff like that through the in the show, is just was just going to create a lot of of comedic moments. Um, so ultimately, that just focusing on that dramatic storytelling, I think was was uh, where the creative team was really coming from, and then layering on comedy and jokes and things like that um keeping it like keeping it entertaining but like you said having that arc um and and having those that that those peaks and valleys and that that hard dramatic turn i mean that is that's that's the main course for for an actor you know an appetizer is like hey we want you for this role we're like cool and they're like yeah it's the comedy you're like cool and they're like and there's an arc i'm like ooh, now i love that you know now i'm hungry right No, for sure. And, you know, you brought up some uh, some interesting points there. And I'm, I'm just curious uh, what it was the experience like uh, working through this. Like, were you guys like strictly to a script because you have a lot of improvers and, and a lot of com- comedians in there that, you know, would be more inclined to be working in improv? You know, was there a, that ability within within the show itself? Like when you guys were doing your takes that you could could kind of stretch your legs a little? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like from day one. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, in, in terms of the writing team, we had Sean, uh, Sean Togood, Cassidy Siviero and Kevin Wallace, the showrunner, uh, were, you know, three primary members of the writing team. And right off the bat, Sean was like, I know I wrote this, but I want you to take ownership of your characters. Um, and if you have any questions or you want to talk about it, let me know. But like, you are defining your characters, right? Like I, I have, I've, you know, I've created this idea, but y'all are taking it to the next level. Um, and, you know, Kevin would come up in the middle of the scene and just hand out new pages. Like he would literally unstaple the script and just like insert a page that had a bunch of like alternative lines and like stuff like that. And then of course, when you, you know, we had like Julie Nolke and Christian, um, Christian Smith and stuff like that, like um, Ali Hassan, uh, Tara Spencer Nairn, like all brilliant actors who are also improvisers um, or comedians or, or whatnot. And so they, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I am one of those notorious people that's like, sorry, was that, I, I forgot the line. And then I'll just say some other random kind of stuff in there. And then it's just a, there's a domino effect of like one person improvises. And then there's just like all these extra moments in there. But the brilliant thing is, is the team, like when I watch, when I saw the episodes, I'm like, oh my gosh, all that stuff made it in. Like there's so much stuff. And it, it's a testament to the writing that the improvisation feels like it's part of the writing. It doesn't feel like we did Lionel and like it's a bunch of extra footage or something like that. It just feels like it just flows. So yeah, tons of improv on there, um, all inspired by by the great writing. 
Was, so it must have been a lot of fun being on set then, like running through this. Like, did you guys? Okay, let me ask you this way then: uh, Were you able to ever get through takes without laughing sometimes, or was it just like you guys corpsed all the way? Yeah, like it was. It was like ninety nine percent laughter on every single take and then they're like we're not going to make our day we're losing light and then we just like put like got it together somehow for like a few minutes just to like just to satisfy like the budget and the unions and like the law you know yeah um, oh my god yeah but but it was just absolutely you know you can as you can imagine like it's definitely one of those shows where you watch it and you're like i feel like they had fun I feel like that would have been fun to shoot. And it absolutely was like every second of it. Yeah. Um, in fact, I have a ton of behind the scenes footage. Like I was documenting nonstop and it's all like our social media team has it. Um, shout out to Jekka and they're like posting it. And I called it BTS for life. I was like, we're on the set of You're My Hero. This is BTS for life. Not realizing the boy band BTS was far more popular than I thought they were. <laughs> So everyone's like, what is this, like K-pop behind the scenes or something? Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, yeah. what are you talking about? Well, yeah, that was the thing. Like, I watched I watched uh, one of the videos there on Instagram, and uh, you were, like, throwing it out there right then. You're like, no, it's not not the K-pop boy band. But Tina's like, no, it is. It is the K-pop yes. boy band. Yes, and she is, she is, like, their number one fan. So I didn't realize that. So we're going BTS for life. Every time we turn on the camera, we're like, yes, BTS never dies. BTS my hero and then like the whole time she's talking about the with a boy band yeah and, and we're talking about the show just like... talking about behind the scenes totally and that's the thing yeah. you and tina have great chemistry on the show and like tina's just one of those people that i've seen her in so many things where you can't help but fall in love with her she's like got that kind of like just so easy going sort of demeanor to her and it's a great juxtaposition with you know the character sam with the character of Eric, this kind of like opposites attract sort of deal. What was it like working with Tina? Oh, it was so fun. So fun. Like right from the start, like, you know, um, as soon as, and we had worked on, on, on the same project before, once before uh, the movie Firestarter, uh, the one that was, uh, um, uh, came out last year based on the Stephen King novel remake yeah. of the Drew Barrymore Zac movie Efron, from the eighties. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And we, we, we didn't have scenes together, but we were like aware of each other. And obviously, you know, I'd seen her in strays and a bunch of other stuff. Um, but yeah, it was like a quick connection. And, and what we kind of did was, um, we knew that we were cast, like, but we hadn't met yet and they hadn't done the table read yet. So we just started sending voice notes to each other on Instagram, like direct messages, but like voice notes. And at first it was like, oh my God, you're so great. Like, I'm so excited to work with you. And then it's like, the show is going to be awesome. Did you read episode number three? And then it kind of devolved into like, so I'm just like watching reality TV right now. What are you doing? And like, and she's like, I'm having a, um, I'm thinking of cooking some tofu, but maybe throwing some chicken. But is that wrong? Like vegan and not vegan together? Like, and we're just like shooting this, you know, just, just shooting the breeze like every day until we shot. And then when we got there, it was just like super, super easy to work together. Is well, that when you yeah. found out about Tina's obsession with BTS or was it not until you're doing the videos? It was literally not until I had shot numerous videos okay. and I was like, <laughs> Tina, you are killing this BTS for life. Like we're going to have so much footage. And then she's like, yeah, I really hope that the band like just brings me on tour with them because of this. And I'm like, I guess we're the band. Like I had no idea what the hell she was talking about. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. Oh my God. Now, uh, you know, again, speaking of Instagram, uh, on your Instagram, uh, of course, there is there's a star, and that star is Fred. Yeah. How's Fred doing? 
Fred is fantastic. Fred, Fred has free reign. We're getting great weather right now. Fred has free reign in the backyard. Um, he is absolutely losing it on every squirrel or bird or anyone that, you know, that, that makes even a, a slightest movement in his peripheral vision. He is just want to be clear. It. Just want to be clear to listeners. Fred is a dog. He doesn't have a friend who's doing all this. <laughs> yes, important point. <laughs> Fred is a is is not uh, uh, is is not a psychotic or is not um, somebody who is dangerous to any stretch. Uh, Fred is a functioning member of society, even though he's a dog, and uh, he's very harmless. But um, you know, he's down to one tooth. He's got oh, only one man. tooth. Yeah, he had what? dental surgery, and uh, and uh, he had too much too much plaque, and um, oh. they want a little ham, you know, and they and they. Uh, we're not too happy about it, but uh, that's, you know, you'll have me back on to, to discuss the legal ramifications of all this. Yeah. You let me know how the lawsuit goes and uh, we'll yes. bring you on. We'll talk about yes. it. Definitely. Oh my but, God. Yeah. Fred's enjoying life. Well, that's good. Now I've, uh, I've heard that your ideal life in your career would be to write screenplays and direct movies that cast you and your wife and all your friends. And like, that's, oh that's the thing. So isn't it kind of interesting that every, like I find a lot, cause that's the answer that I think a lot of like creatives that are actor, writer, directors do is that they want to create their own little like theater company, but for films. And like, what is it about the idea of like the idea as the creation as a community and knowing that each person's got your back? Is that what it is? I think it's, it's when it comes to film, like that, I think that's definitely what it is when it comes to theater. I think when it comes to film, especially comedy, it's kind of like just having your friends around. It's kind of like the Adam Sandler universe, like, oh, there's Nick Swordson, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's Rob Schneider playing another random role. <laughs> like, um, and then, you know, the Apatow universe with, with Seth Rogen and, and Paul Rudd and, and, uh, um, you know, like, like all kinds of great actors just, just popping in there, Bill Hader showing his face. Like, it's kind of like when you're on a film set, you're hanging out and everyone becomes your friend. But like, what if you had your, all your regular friends there with you? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the less glamorous version of Entourage is, is, is kind of what, what, uh, we all aspire to. But yeah, you definitely picked up on that, like family vibe, that friend vibe, but it's really like, it just does not feel like a job. If you, it, it's weird. It's like a hangout at like five in the morning, which sucks, but <laughs> you know, you just like forcibly wake yourself up and, and, uh, there's a lot of coffee involved, but yeah, just being with all your friends and like when watching the final product and, and, and just like seeing each other's performances, but just like you're hanging out anyway, you don't even have to like get a screening together. You're just together already. You know what you just described your life. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, like, if, if if that was me and all of my friends trying to 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 film something, it would be so ridiculous because all we would never get anything done. It would just be <laughs> it just be us, you know, hanging around, having some good food and having the drinks like a lot of the stuff that you're talking about. But just none of the work part that would just right. just that yeah. never have. You've got a lot more motivation than I do. And a lot of my friends. You know, that's what Andrew's big thing is. He's always pushing me, pushing me. Right. Yeah, that's like, why like, I, that's why I'm not his friend. That's right. It's like, cause I won't do the, I was like, Oh, we're going to get something done. That's what we're going to do. Yes. Oh, you got to take a friendship down and something's got to give. Yeah, right. That's right. Something's got to <laughs> give. That, exactly. If that's, if that's less James in your life, then so be it. Yes. Right? As long as we yeah. get good quality work done, that's what yes. matters. Oh man. Really? Uh, of course, uh, all seven episodes of you're my hero are available on CBC gem and people, you got to watch this cause I really want, you guys to get a season two because i want to find out what happens between eric and ian because like that's it's uh you know when it's like 
BFFs come into a head like that with a very sticky situation, you know, like I want to see how the drama plays out. Definitely. Oh, that's kind of funny. Both. It's like, I want to watch the comedy to find out how the drama plays out. <laughs> totally. Yeah. We hook you, we, you know, we hook you now, just when you thought you were out, they pull you back in. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so people check it out. CBC gem. You're my hero. Fast. Thanks so much for coming back on again. And we promise it won't be another six or seven years before we talk to you again. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. It'll be eight years or nine years, right? <laughs> like that's the loophole, right? It's not going to be six or seven. It might be fourteen, technically. Right? We'll I'm happy see. To we'll back see. Anytime you have me, thank you guys. That was awesome, man. Thanks. Have a great night. Thanks, All right, guys. you too. See ya. See ya. So that was Vast Saranga. You can check out "You're My Hero" on CBC Gem. All seven episodes are available, and uh, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we've come to the end of the program, Mr. Green. Where can the good people find us? Well, as always, if you like what we do here, you can find more content over at patreon.com slash keycard. For everybody who's a part participant in that, we appreciate you guys ever so much. You guys are awesome. And for those of you who don't, that's cool. That's still cool. We like you too, but come and join us. Yeah. Join us. We like you, but not as join much as the us. other guys. Now, the others are nicer because they're join part of us. us. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we, we chant it long enough, it'll happen. You know, um, additional content is always available through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geek Heart Show on any of those platforms and you'll find us there. Of course, our website, geekheartshow.com. You can check out for more news, reviews, and the podcast version of this very show available on Mondays after 2 p.m. Just in case you don't listen to us live. But if you're super forgetful like I am, as we all know that I am. The best way to hear the show is to do what, Andrew? Is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, be it the iTunes, the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods. And while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review because it helps with the analytics. And the more people that know, the further we'll go, my friend. Absolutely. And, of course, if you just want to continue the conversation with us at any time, you can always email us at geekartshow at gmail.com. I want to thank Zach Howard and Vassaranga for coming on the program tonight. For Zach Howard, for Moonshine Bigfoot, for Renfield, for Bossaranga, for You're My Hero, for Dry Pancakes, for Mr. Green, and for Yuri in the Booth, this is Andrew Young saying, if you're going to geek out, you might as well geek hard on Reality Radio 101. Thank you for listening to Geek Hard with your host, Andrew Young. And Mr. Green, right here on Reality Radio 101.